for me, when I committed to a small business that I was going to run your content marketing, um, even if everything broke and I had to spend 40 hours to do something I, I said I was going to do in 10 hours, I'm just the type of person that I'm going to show up and keep doing it. And when you break everything, which you will, because that's the process of building a business, uh, you actually get better at fixing it. You get better at becoming a problem solver. And the challenges never go away. And in fact, they seem to get bigger. But um, I actually seek out challenges now. I realize that on the other side of the challenge is the breakthrough. On the other side of the challenge is that next level. Uh, like when I got into Facebook advertising, it was a gigantic challenge. I lost a ton of money at first, but I knew that that there's this like theoretical scalability on the other side of the rubbish I'm doing right now. G'day folks, welcome to another episode of the WP Elevation Podcast. I'm your host, Troy Dean, and I am so excited to bring you this episode. Our feature guest this week is Miles Beckler. He is a digital marketer. He and his wife run an authority-based business around angel meditation. He's got an incredible story. Uh, I've been following Miles for the last year or so on YouTube. He's been publishing some amazing videos on there about how to run Facebook ads. And funnily enough, I was on his YouTube channel at one point, went to his website, and I'm like, how do I pay this guy money? How do I buy one of his courses? Or how do I hire him as a coach or a consultant? You can't. The information that he publishes, he publishes for free because he's basically uh, sharing what he's learning through helping grow uh, the business that he has with his wife. So this is an incredibly unique situation that Miles is in uh, where he's not trying to sell any courses or any coaching or any consulting. He's just publishing what he knows for free. There is so much to learn in this episode about building an audience, about adding value, about nurturing relationships, about designing a product for your audience, about driving traffic with Facebook ads. It's an incredible uh, episode. I, we, I could have spoken to Miles for days on this. And in fact, I will definitely get him back at some point for more training and more conversations around this because I just love what he's up to and really connected with him. Uh, and I had a great time. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Without further ado, let's go and meet Miles Beckler. This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. Just before we get into this episode of the podcast, I have a quick favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on iTunes at wpelevation.com slash iTunes. Or if you're not an Apple user, you can get us on Stitcher Radio at wpelevation.com slash Stitcher. And please, if you are on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. It really does help us come up in the search results and get the show in front of a wider audience. And we love your feedback and we read all of the reviews. Thanks in advance. Now let's get back to the show. G'day folks, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to another live streaming of our podcast. This is a little bit of a sneak peek behind the scenes as to how we record an episode of the WP Elevation podcast. We thought we'd just live stream it out of our Facebook page and thankfully our live stream software today, which by virtue of the name of it means that it has one job, has actually connected to Facebook today and is allowing us to live stream. So here we are. Thank you for joining in. My feature guest on this episode, I'm super excited to have him here, is Miles Beckler all the way from, I'm going to pretend you're in the United States. Is that right, Miles? Is that where you that are? That is. I am actually. Yep. Good you do, call. Good you call. do travel a bit, right? About four years out of two bags living in about 20 countries. 
Wow. And so how long have you been in the States this time? Uh, you know, we we wanted some stability and picked up a place. So I've been about a year here in the States and I'm, I, I've am i got the itch. I it's time s- to plan a trip. I was going to say, are you okay, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Productivity is way up. Productivity is way up. So that's good, right? Yeah, we, yeah. It's There's a balance in there somewhere. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, you know, the whole location independent thing is like a great dream for a lot of people, but I know this because I know enough people that do it. It takes a special kind of unit to actually be location independent and still manage to get shit done. It's brutal, man. We were spending 20 plus hours a week looking at what country are we going next, uh, flights, and then like Airbnb, like 20, 30 hours a week between my wife and I. It was just a waste of time and energy. And then you show up and there's always, you know, we do audio and video and it's just horrible conditions that looked really good in the pictures. And it's not (laughs) all everyone's Instagram makes it cracked up to be. Exactly. Really? I thought Instagram was authenticity. (laughs) Must Uh, be true. Oh, dear. Hey, uh, for those that have no idea who you are and what you're doing here, just give us, uh, you know, the the two-minute elevator pitch. Who is Miles Beckler and why are you here? Sure. Um, You know, that's a really philosophically deep question. I'm going (laughs) to stick on the entrepreneurial side of things. (laughs) Awesome. My wife and I co-founded a website in the spirituality and meditation space in 2009. We're still growing and running that site. It has kind of a uh, very large WordPress uh, traffic generation system on one end. I do a lot of Facebook advertising. It gets about 8 million visits per year. Uh, List is something like 150,000 subscribers. That is the business. Um, Two years ago, I through all these travels and people just kept asking like, so you travel the world, you work online, like, how do you do that? And I would sit down have a meal with them. I'd tell them everything. Finally, one day I was like, man, I got to record this so mm-hmm. I can stop repeating myself. And I started doing YouTube videos. That was August of 2016. And since then I've done something to the tune of 450 videos on YouTube, literally just um, sharing everything for free because I don't need to sell the how to because I have a successful business. Yeah. So uh, everything from funnels Facebook and SEO and keyword research. I just give, give, give. I do three videos a week there. At this point, um, we we now kind of have doubled our workload. That's turned into a full-on business because I'm publishing still three times a week and we're still growing my wife's business. And um, life is fun and it's great to be of service to an audience. Wow. I love you so much, dude. I can't, I like, I'm not in a weird way, but I can't tell you how much I've been following your stuff on YouTube. And it's kind of weird because at one point I was like, I gotta buy whatever this guy's offering, and at one point I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to give you money. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm learning so much. Like, I can't. There's no mechanism for me to give this guy money. So it must have been even like before you had some courses or something up. Um, and what I love about this though is that you've got, you know, y- you are sharing what you are learning on an actual business, maybe as a way of like stopping repeating yourself, but also maybe as a way of solidifying what you're learning. Cause they, you know, wise man said to me once, if you think you know something, teach it and it forces you to actually know it. Yeah. But you're also documenting your journey and you're documenting the growth of this business for future, you know, reflection. I just think it's a beautiful thing. And, and, um, and we in the office here have quite often sat around and watched your YouTube videos about Facebook ads, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say. And uh, have, have and then we've pivoted, we've changed things. We've like, right, we've got to do this because Miles said it worked. You know? Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, uh, and did that did that come back full circle? Was it was it actually a good idea to follow me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, is a, it, it is a very good idea. I strongly suggest Cheers. for those of you watching at home, follow Miles Beckler on YouTube. Oh, and uh, I also just love your authenticity, man. I just love how laid back and how real and down to earth you are and the stuff that you teach. 
uh, and the and your style. So I like publicly just wanted to say thank you for all of the content that you're publishing because it is actually making a difference, uh, even you know to us little Antipodeans over here in Australia. Um, so uh, let's talk about what you were doing before you discovered the internet. Yeah, I mean, you would literally have to go back to high school. Mm. Um, so I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I graduated high school in 1999, which is like the big peak run-up of the dot-com boom. Yeah, wow. uh, so I went straight into the workforce. I had friends who were doing webmaster jobs right out of high school. And I lived in this little kind of weird world. My dad was in IT for um, the newspaper industry, which is kind of a dying industry. But um, we always had modems growing up. I always had a computer at home growing up. So I always had AOL. Um, so I, I've, I literally don't really remember a time computers wow. and without internet in my life. And I'm currently 37 years old. So wow. that is where I came out of. And, um, I've made a movie at one point. I worked a lot in the customer support world in the corporate world. And then, um, the economies all kind of fell apart, went to college, took about seven or eight years to go to college, borrowed about $50,000 in, in debt to go to college. Cause that's how we do it here in yeah. North America. Yeah. And, um, Got into real estate and then the global financial crisis hit. I got hung out to dry with a, a real that cost me 60,000 bucks. And at that point, I was pretty much flat broke, right? I had student loans. I thought the real estate was going to pay off all my student loans. And the global economy slapped me in the face. And I realized with, and I just met my wife and I made all these big promises to, to who is my, now my wife about how I'm an entrepreneur, we're going to do this. And, you know, like I uh, had absolutely nothing to my name. And out of that came a new gear. Uh, really, I feel like I got so motivated to figure it out from the challenges. It's like disgust can be an amazingly uh, motivated motivating um, emotions sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I really didn't like the real estate thing of these, you know, $200,000 things that you can't move and your margins are relative, like, like there's pretty good margins, but if you flip a house and make 20 grand on a $200,000 house, that's, that's a lot of leverage for not a lot of margin mm -hmm. versus um, doing internet marketing and selling downloadable products that are easy to deliver that have really high margins. Mm -hmm. So I like that business model. Um, did a little affiliate marketing here and there, kind of direct linking from social media to affiliate offers, which is the wrong way of doing it. That came crashing down. <laughs> and finally, my wife and I realized that the trick to the game is to go be of service to an audience, to go give lots of helpful, valuable stuff to the audience. We chose search engine optimization at first on a WordPress website to do content marketing. She learned keyword research and she just went full speed ahead. Wow. Um, then then list building and then then how do we sell stuff to people was the next challenge. And, wow. and somehow here, uh, and I did a little, I had an agency for a while, for about four years, I ran an agency doing marketing services, WordPress services, because this business wasn't enough to support us. And mm -hmm. I realized I was psychologically unemployable. I couldn't really do the desk job thing. Mm -hmm. So I was flipping websites and, and doing SEO and marketing and content marketing services in the interim. Wow, dude, it's a, such a familiar journey. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, how do you like take those knocks and just keep getting up and keep moving forward and keep <sighs> thinking, right, there's a lesson here. How do you not just like throw your arms in the air and go to the pub? Yeah, right. Um, well, I just, A, I couldn't afford it. So I had, I had no choice. Um, it's, I call it the, the hat over the fence idea. And once you commit, like for me, when I committed to a small business that I was going to run your content marketing, um, even if everything broke and I had to spend 40 hours to do something I, I said I was going to do in 10 hours, I'm just the type of person that I'm going to show up and keep doing it. Yeah. And when you break everything, which you will, because that's the process of building a business, yeah. uh, you actually get better at fixing it. You get better at becoming a problem solver and, and, 
the challenges never go away. And in fact, they seem to get bigger. But um, I actually seek out challenges now. I realize that on the other side of the challenge is the breakthrough. On the other side of the challenge is that next level. Mm. Uh, like when I got into Facebook advertising, it was a gigantic challenge. I lost a ton of money at first, but I knew that that there's this like theoretical scalability on the other side of the rubbish I'm doing right now. Mm. Uh, so it was like that that kind of bigger vision of the lifestyle. And now the cool part is the lifestyle I'm living is beyond what I even thought, right? That like, oh, 10 grand a month, we're going to, you know, like, like what actually you can create from these types of authority businesses, even in obscure spaces like angel meditations, which is like the closest definition of our niche. Wow. Um, it's, it's insane and how many people you can reach and how much value you can give and, and how um, abundant of a business that can create. So it's kind of like that big vision um, and the fear of being flat broke again. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear you. Um, it's funny. I, I uh, used to run a bit. Um, now that I'm in my mid-40s, I don't run so much anymore because my knees hurt. Uh, but I used to run in my sort of mid-30s. Uh, I spent a few years like running, you know, a couple of 5K circuits a, a week um, and I would listen to podcasts all the time while I was running and I'd be listening to like Entrepreneur on Fire and Mixergy and all these entrepreneur podcasts. And I, you know, quite often ask myself, am I running to this amazing future that I'm trying to create or am I running away from this horrible past that I don't want to go back to? I think it's a bit of column A and a bit of column B, you know? Yeah. And it depends on the day, right? When, yeah, when things yeah, are going yeah. good, you're moving towards it. And when yeah. things are falling apart, you're like, oh, but that was really scary. Let's just <laughs> avoid right. that. 100%. We all mo- need to yeah. know how to get leverage on ourselves, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah. such a key to everything yes. is like, complacency is the enemy. If you're comfortable, if you've got a decent job and you make pretty good wage and you're not like having to push yourself, you're not going to push yourself. Right. It was because I was in that, like, absolutely disgusted with my life that I was willing to do the 10, 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days for years to figure out this game. Yeah. I want to talk about a little bit about finding the audience and working out the product to offer them. But before we get there, there's something you, you mentioned the, you know, the success that you can have with authority businesses. I, I'm just going to throw this curveball. I've got a bit of a theory that the, you know, post internet era now, well, you know, now that we have the internet, we have social media, which is supposed to connect all of us that people spend, we spend, you know, a lot of us in the Western world spend a lot of our time living in apartments, uh, talking to the world through devices and, you know, living vicariously through other people's Instagram feeds. And we actually feel more disconnected than ever before. And online communities, we've built a great business out of basically serving a, a niche, which is WordPress freelancers and WordPress consultants. And my theory is that people just want to feel like they belong to a tribe and they want to feel connected and that the authority businesses, that the real gold in that is actually facilitating that on online community and those connections. 100% agree. Uh, my wife's business, we ended up building a membership program that now has um, like a group and a community aspect. And in the spiritual world specifically, um, a lot of those people can't talk to their family members. They can't talk to their friends about their experiences, about what they're feeling. But then you create this group where they're all able to use the same jargon, the same language. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with with marketing geeks like us, right? Like I can't, I, I can't, I'm hanging out with friends and family. Like I can't, be 100% real because like all I think about is marketing geekery. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's in the little forums and in these little groups is where I can truly be me and connect with those who are like me. Um, I think the other side of that is 
no one asks for, or very few people ask for recommendations from their friends, from their neighbors anymore. I think there was a time when you mm. learned about that new restaurant in town mm. from, you know, the recommendation of a coworker, but now Yelp and TripAdvisor and Google is everyone's personal kind of like um, confidant, right? Like yeah. we ask our very deep internal personal questions that we don't want anybody to know about, or we explore our unique curiosities through search, like yeah, literally yeah. YouTube, like how do I build a racing drone? Like, I don't know, but YouTube, no. Yeah, right? totally. Is, totally. Yeah. So we went camping on the weekend. We have a 16 month old. We went camping on the weekend, uh, basically as a test run, right? Because we got, we, 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 we picked up some amazing uh, campsites over New Year's Eve down at this beautiful national park in Victoria. You have to go into a ballot to get the campsites. It's that popular. And a friend of ours went in the ballot, won a bunch of campsites. So all of a sudden we go going camping. We have a 16-month-old. We're like, holy shit, we should do a trial run first to make sure we know what we're doing and the kid doesn't freak out. And <laughs> and the parents don't freak out, which is actually more, more the truth. The kid's so chilled out, it's not funny. Uh, so we bought all this camping gear. We go camping. And so I'm like, how do you tie the right <laughs> rope around the guy rope to make it yeah. secure? I go to YouTube and I'm sitting there in the yeah. middle of the campsite watching these YouTube videos on a on a you know 4G connection, learning how to tie <laughs> rope. It's like it's incredible. Um, the yeah. other, and the other thing that's happened, I've noticed my behaviour over the last twelve months is I've actually stopped using Google for search and I now just go straight to Facebook, and I basically ah. say, "Does anyone know?" Blah 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 blah, and I just get flooded with responses and you know much quicker and much more. Uh, valid, I think, than 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 Google. I, I kind of trust search that's results less now word. than I than I trust my friends on Facebook. I think that's the word is trust, right? And and as marketers, so if we go to the other side of that, one of the big challenges we have, and one of the big questions is, how can I build trust digitally at yeah. scale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like an autoresponder, we've got 150,000 leads. Like, how yeah. are we building relationships and trust with 150,000 people at the same time? It's magic when it works, but it's yeah. it's also um, there's there's potential of getting it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is you know that's a, a deal breaker. I think trust is probably one of the biggest um, things that most people overlook in their online businesses is is am I building enough trust and, yep. and what do I need to do to get this individual to trust me? And it's cool to hear that you do that. Like I'm, I've pulled away from, from Facebook and social media and I am, I'm almost going less Google and I'm doing more of my searches on YouTube now mm. and finding really interesting ideas. And that just proves that there's, there's infinite markets uh, and on all these platforms really. Yeah. Uh, quick sidebar. Um, if you want to hear about trust, have a listen to an episode of the masters of scale podcast with Reid Hoffman, which is by far and away my favorite podcast of all time. Uh, there's a great episode with the founder of Spotify, whose name escapes me right now. It's all about building trust rapidly. Uh, it's an incredible story. The, the guy that started Spotify had like the most incredible obstacles to try and overcome off the back of Napster and the massive mistrust between the record industry and the artists and the fans. And he managed to bridge that gap and solve that problem. It's a, it's a fabulous episode on how to build trust. Um, so I want to pivot a little bit and talk about, um, how do you angel meditation? First of all, what the hell is angel meditation and how do you find Jeff Walker taught me years ago, you know, it's really simple. Find a large group of people that want the same thing, ask them what they need and then sell it to them, which is yep. simple in theory, difficult to execute. How did you find one of the big problems that a lot of our audience have is they, they've got these skills, but they don't know how to package it up and how to, how to sell it as a digital product. How do you, how do you work out what the product market fit is with an online community kind of membership business? 
So for us, the, the technical side of it is a lot of testing and a lot of failing and a lot of being observant, but continuing to test. So to go all the way back, like how we found this niche specifically, um, when my wife and I first met, I was going through all that. My, like the real estate was falling apart. Literally, my world was crumbling around me. Um, I was meditating. I had these little guided meditations that I would put headphones on. It was like the only thing that felt good in my life. Mm. And I would meditate every single day. I meet my wife at a real estate school. It turns out she's just fresh out of college and she's frustrated and she's meditating every single day. Mm. So boom, we had that we had that in common and that was kind of the common ground. And we've both just been very curious about philosophy and the metaphysics. And my wife learned how to create these through a local mentor, create these types of messages and these types of guided meditations that you will. So, so she learned a skill first and foremost. That mm. was it. She had that skill. And then I understood from previous experiences the basics of how the internet works relevance, content, keywords, right? The, the extreme basics of it. And I was like, look, if you just keep putting out the content, I'll be sure to optimize it and I'll keep finding the keywords for you to put out more content on. And eventually, like we're gonna get picked up by Google and we will get traffic. And that's what happened. It took a while to build that up. Mm -hmm. And it was that kind of heartbeat of content, being that heartbeat of content and really being aggressive at publishing the best content we could over and over. We do. We started with a 90-day challenge, which is 90 blog posts in 90 days. When I kicked off my YouTube channel, I did 120 videos in 120 consecutive days. Huh. Really just a huge push of momentum to prove to that platform that you're a, a publisher who's mm -hmm. going to be around. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it was like, okay, well, how do we get these people who are visiting onto an email list so we can follow up and stay in touch with them. That's the first conversion point we had to figure out, right? Well, I don't know. What if the, maybe they'll want this. Maybe they'll want that. Oh, surprise. They want the audio thing. Cool. Then just like, ah, oh, well, could we, would they buy this? Like, I don't know. Let's try. Like, how do you do that? I don't know. Let's shopping cart, blah, 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 you know, back to YouTube, figure it all out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and piece by piece, just, just tried it. And, you know, the first ones flopped and no one, no one, like we were giving away at first a free, uh, re record a uh, free conference call. It wasn't even recorded. It was a live free conference call. And there was like two people on it. And I'm pretty sure it was my mom and my aunt. <laughs> and then the second one, there was five. And then the third one, there was seven. And it's literally, you know, now nine years later, um, she gets, you know, 30,000 visits per day to her website because Stop. of the kind of, yeah, it's, it's just that, that compounding of all that effort over the years and a lot of testing. So how did you figure out, so, so what is the product now that, that people buy? What's it morphed into? So MP3 files, like to get really, really specific, they're yeah. like guided audio meditations. They do go all the way to like video teachings. We've done a joint venture with her teacher who taught her mm -hmm. and it's a great positioning. You know, do you want to learn from the lady who taught me? And mm. we've got a joint venture with her. So, so everything from video training courses now that are modulated courses with modules and lessons mm -hmm. down to individual single audio meditations that are sold for as little as like $7 each. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and there's a huge variety in between. We've put out over the years, I believe something like 180 individual products. Wow. So we're constantly, people love new, right? Like, so we're constantly yep. putting out new things because the world changes. We went through 2012. That was a big deal, right? Like there's, there's all these things that our, our community cares about. Mm. And as we create specific content and specific items for those pieces and for those things. And we just, you know, Hey, would you be interested in this? There, you know, when you have a list of 150,000 people, you can have an extremely small conversion rate and the numbers are still, um, noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and the, and so, you know, a couple of things occur to me. Um, I'm, I'm sort of hearing my audience go, Oh yeah, that's great miles. But, and what they, what they're about to say is, 
but you know, the, and, and I'm look, I'm putting myself in your situation and going, but you've got some big competitors, dude, in that space. Like there's there's you know Andy from Headspace. There's the the yep. Calm app. There's there's a lot of yep. and there's a lot of free stuff in that in that space. How do you Tons. how do you not let that paralyze you? How, how do you how do you not just go well that they own the space? I mean, there's no way we can compete. Yeah, I mean, so let's let's reframe that a little bit, right? Because I think your audience will be able to kind of realize where I'm at in the with the Miles Beckler brand, for example, in the how to do internet marketing space, like a little bit of competition in our yeah, space just a and yeah. over, yeah, just a little bit. Right. And they happen to be a lot better at the game than Melanie's competition. Mm-hmm. So it's not only there's more, but they're actually like better competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, in two years, I've grown a channel of 75,000 subscribers. Right. And I've been able to really stand out by differentiating, giving lots of value and building trust mm-hmm. and I'm outworking all of them, you know, a lot of, and we can, you know, you can look at any platform. There's, there's this, this curve of what people work on at different phases of their business and how hungry people are at different phases of their business. Mm. When I first started my channel, I was doing a video a day every day for 120 days. Now I'm doing three videos a week. So I've theoretically slowed enough that if somebody was ambitious enough to do a video day every day and they brought serious skills to the table and they stuck with it for probably three and a half years, they would have more videos than I would have Mm. through sheer volume of effort. Mm. But that's a monumental task, right? Like I'm trying to keep that bar up high enough that people are like, whoa, I don't know about that. That sounds really tough because it is really tough. When my wife started, there was a lady who had already published like 40 books in her space. Angel Numbers 101, Angel This. Like like there was a, she's backed by a $100 million a year publishing company out of Southern California. Like this lady is a big deal. And there's room at the top for everybody. Some people don't like the way that lady says things. Yeah, people yeah. hear my wife's, they like my wife's voice. They like, yeah. and then there's people who hate my wife's voice, yeah. right? And there's people who see my videos and they're like, who is this a-hole, right? Like, oh, this guy, blah, blah, blah. And there's other people who see my videos and they're like, oh my gosh, finally, somebody's not just trying to pitch me stuff. They're actually giving me what the title says. Yeah. Perfect. So there's there's really, there's room for all kinds of base. The trick is to make sure you're staying focused on your audience. You're focused on giving them value. So many mm. people are just like, how can I get? How can I go get yeah, from this totally. audience? It's like, ooh, danger zone. Like you really got to give the value first, kind of that strategy of preeminence from Jay Abraham's ideas. And yep. that's when things start to really mold around you because you become their trusted advisor. Yep. And that's where my wife is. And when my wife recommends an affiliate product that she uses to her big audience, she's like, hey, I've been using this for three months. I've had great results with it. They trust her. Yeah. The click-through rate is crazy. The, the, the conversion rate of the clicks is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, but that's all because of nine years of hard work, yeah. right? It's not that email she sent. That's not actually the thing. That's it right. was the nine years of hard work we did before that's that moment. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's this great uh, great interview with Jeff Walker and Dean Jackson where uh, and it such a clickbait headline, Jeff Walker sent this email. I was like, the two steps Dean Jackson took to sell out his mastermind group in five minutes. I'm like, okay, of course I'm going to click on that. And it's like yeah. step number uh, step number one, spend 10 years building an audience and adding massive value. Step Perfect. number two, send an email. I'm like, oh, God damn, I fell for it again. Um, yeah. So oh, here's a couple of things I want to talk about. First of all, sure. I want to talk about we know as marketers that there are certain things that drive human behavior. Scarcity and urgency are one of the biggest motivators for human behavior, right? If you open your product product for like, open your program for like seven days, we know that 40% of your sales are going to come in the last 24 hours. So how do you continue to have integrity and authenticity and add value to your audience, but still genuinely use those tactics of scarcity and urgency to get people off their ass and actually enrolling in your program without looking like a spammy, spammy douchehead? Yeah. 
Um, I like that spammy, spammy D head. Um, <laughs> and, and you're right. So we see those exact same numbers. We'll get a really good spike on day one when we yeah. open the call. It just drops. And then by the middle yeah. of it, you're like, did something break? Yeah. Is my shopping cart working? <laughs> exactly. Like, is this thing on? Yeah. And then the last day is just boom. And especially, yeah. I don't know if you've tried it, the two emails on the last day, you email the morning and then yeah. a few hours before the cart closes, like, yeah. Hey, it's closing in three hours. Boom. That's huge. Yeah. So we do a lot of time sensitive specials for mm. our list because we do want to offer our list and our inner circle members the absolute best value we can. Like they've trusted us with their email address. So we're going to give them kind of early bird access, special access, and there's almost always a hard deadline. We don't do it every time Mm. because if you do it every time, it becomes kind of like they expect it and it's no longer special. So we do run some products at full price, full retail, start to finish. We just know it's not going to have that kind of boom, but we also know that that's going to give us more leverage when the timing's right to use it correctly. Um, A lot of our courses are time specific. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned the 2012, right? December 12, 2012 was like a big date. Um, 11, 11, 11 is a big date for our audience. And there's, there's all these things like new year's is one of those, like, I'm going to start my year fresh. I'm going to start with a 30 day meditation challenge on new year's. So we can have that end on new year's, right? And we mm-hmm. do a build up for it. And we, we just, we find creative ways to turn it into a benefit for our audience. They're getting a better deal than everyone else because you're here, you're on the list, but I got to raise the price on Tuesday because mm. I got a long, going to pay a full price. So get it while it's at a discount so I can kind of move forward yeah. and, awesome. and grow my business. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got, uh, uh, I'm thinking on behalf of my wife now, she's a psychologist. She's got a great podcast. She's got a great Facebook group, no monetization strategy there, except sitting in the room doing therapy with clients, which she loves, but is not scalable, frustrates the crap out of me when I see her doing that. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to scale this thing and leverage it. Uh, she's starting to build a bit of an email list. Um, let's pretend that she's got a product up. Let's pretend that, you know, she's making some sales. How do we then, and this is back to your wheelhouse around Facebook ads, how do we then use, and I'm going to pretend that everyone listening to this understands that you shouldn't use Facebook ads to try and grow something from scratch, that Facebook ads really are a way to scale something that's already, you've already proven is kind of working. How do you use Facebook ads to really pour fuel onto the fire and and rapidly grow your list and, and scale up your product? So that's, that's pretty loaded, mate. Um, <laughs> Like one thing that we've done consistently is to have enrollment periods for membership programs. And the theory behind this is if you bring in a group of people who Mm -hmm. are all at module one, lesson one together, Mm -hmm. and you help them over the course of six weeks or 12 weeks, go on a journey together, then the the group dynamic is going to be strong versus letting people trickle in here and there and keeping it evergreen open. So that's one way immediately is to come up with a kind of like a a syllabus or a a six week or an eight week kind of modulated course. And you're going to take a group of people on a journey. Mm -hmm. And if it's the first time that you're doing it, you can offer a founding member special. You can offer that first time and everything's going to be recorded live in the future. It's going to be repackaged and sold and then it can be on demand, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You essentially have an asset you can repurpose many ways, but you give people that experience of being the early adopter. Your most ambitious individuals are going to be excited about it. And the actual way you sell this is through story. The power of story in the Facebook ad is probably what's really going to hook people in because Mm -hmm. in that space, psychology specifically, Mm -hmm. people are looking to improve their lives. Mm -hmm. And when they read that kind of hero's journey story in an ad and they get all the way through that long copy, I'm talking 700, 800,000 words plus copy, they've either pre-qualified themselves as holy 
fuck, I want this. Mm. Or they're like, what the hell is this person talking about? <laughs> X, I'm out. Yeah. So my best ad for my wife's brand that's still running today, it's got millions and millions of views. It's been running for I think two and a half years solid. I turn it off every once in a while, but but it's been running very, very consistently. It's about 800 words. Wow. And it talks about her journey of feeling disconnected from the spiritual world and feeling like her like her relationships work, weren't working and all these, cha- like the challenge point. It's the hero's journey, right? Joseph yeah. Campbell's hero journey. Yeah. And then life started falling and then she met this mentor and then all of a sudden things started changing and she started doing this new habit of meditating every day. And then she had this experience and boom, 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 boom. Story unfolds. And through that story, if you're not into what we're into, you're going to get like two thirds of the way down. It's going to start talking about angels. You're gonna be like, I, this is, I'm out of here. Yeah. Perfect. I didn't really pay for your click. I maybe paid for your, your impression, but that's, that's awesome. You're not going to go take that next step, but the people who read that whole thing and they feel that that story is a reflection of where they're at and they can see themselves future pace themselves going on that journey that you went on. And they're like, Oh my gosh, she is the girl who can help me get from here where I'm at in the shit, in the rubbish to where I want to be, which is a better life. And that's where I want to be. And I can feel that she's the one to help me because Mm. of the power of story. And that's, so that's where I'm working on now with all my Facebook ads is how do I do more pre-qualification in the timeline, right? There's, there's the other side of this is run a curiosity inducing opt-in ad to a curiosity inducing opt-in squeeze page. That's just going to get their email address and then nurture, 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 but you're going to churn out a lot of people. You're Mm going to, you're throwing a really wide net and you're getting a lot of people who aren't necessarily great for your brand. It can hurt deliverability. It Mm -hmm. can get you extra span. Like it can cause challenges Mm -hmm. later. I'm still doing that, but I actually really like this whole moving as much of that persuasion and moving as much of that kind of pre-qualification onto the timeline. Mm. So I'm not even getting the click if they don't really, if they aren't interested in our world. Mm. Um, and that's, that's the, the new challenge. I love it. Do you use content to warm up an audience? Like, do you just like run Facebook ads to pure content and then remarket that audience to an opt-in? So like everything in this world is like kind of sometimes, yeah, like we do, we definitely do. So we're, we're running like, um, Mercury just went retrograde, uh, which is like an astrological thing that our audience cares about. Mm -hmm. So we're boosting a, a Mercury retrograde post because it's timely. So we're helping that post get out. And when people click, obviously that fills up our retargeting pixel and then they fall into our opt-in if they're not already on our list. One of the things we're starting to do that I think is even more exciting is we're we're kind of putting our entire sales letter, we're trying to put our sales letters in the actual ad. Mm. So the actual ad is promoting the product to where literally the offer is revealed on Facebook in that ad. Wow. And then they click and go to the checkout page. It's like a one cart funnel idea Whoa. where you reinforce the product and then you have a sale. Um, so Sam cart, you can do it. Click funnel. I'm sure you can do it with a lot of other shopping carts too, mm-hmm. but you're literally linking them directly to the cart for a purchase conversion campaign. And then you're trying to obviously create the front end purchases. And then everyone who doesn't purchase, you retarget them yeah, to yeah, the yeah. opt-in list. Wow. So they were curious enough to look at your checkout page. They probably have a higher likelihood of wanting your free thing than someone who is curious enough to look at your blog post uh, is the theory. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's like that, that next level of, but it's really challenging to literally sell something in the timeline yeah. and get them. So that's like, I don't feel like we have this perfected, but that's what my team and I are working on. Uh, long copy ads and video ads is, is, 
that's where all of our energy is going on is building mm. those out to really try to master that. Uh, quick question about YouTube Live. If I, sure. um, I'm i impatient and I have undiagnosed ADD, I'm sure. Um, I'm and, a human being. Right, yeah, exactly. And um, I don't like, I love video. I'm in my sweet spot right now, sitting here with multiple yeah. cameras on me and a beautiful microphone and a great guest having a great conversation. This is just where I want to stay. I don't have to, I don't want to have to worry about downloading videos and uploading to YouTube. Should I just turn on YouTube Live and just go live all the time on YouTube? YouTube live? Yeah, right. Yeah, this should be live. And you could probably use like restream.io. Yeah, is we one just of the got that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that should be able to plug right in. I think you have to configure your stream every single time on yeah. every single live with yeah. it. Um, yeah. But literally, we've gone to the point where my wife and I will just throw another tripod and throw another cell phone yeah. live because everyone is giving that extra boost of um, awareness and impressions to live right now. And Facebook is trying to dethrone YouTube as the video platform, right? Like Facebook yeah. thinks it actually has a chance to become yeah. the video platform in the yeah. world. There's the whole watch. So like pin them against each other. They're both promoting and giving you extra reach on live. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, it's one of those kind of like do all of the things yeah. ideas. And yeah. um, I think it's worth it in the end. You, you talk about leverage a lot, which is one of my favorite words, because, you know, the idea of shooting a video like this and then having to do any kind of editing or post on it and upload it to <laughs> YouTube is like a pain in the ass. So we've got this <laughs> yeah. ridiculous live stream streaming hardware box. We built a booth. We've got a, a, vi a videographer and editor who's sitting in there right now doing the station logos and the lower thirds in real time, specifically so that we don't have to do any post-production once the video's once the video is finished, right? Well, I don't even want to have to upload it somewhere once it's finished. I just want yeah. it to be uploaded as we're doing it. You know, that like removes all the, all, all the steps. We just, we go live and it's done. I've literally considered doing every single one of my YouTube videos as a live because yeah. most of them are just me teaching. I do them in one take anyway. So yeah. why am I rendering? Correct. Um, I, I don't know exactly why I haven't done that. It's just kind yeah. of like, it's a heck of a commitment, but um, yeah. I, I think that's smart. I think that is the day we're in. And the cool part is there's all these services coming out to give, to try to make that easy. Try. Yeah. Uh, technology tries, but doesn't always deliver. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with Miles Beckler in 2009, knowing what you yep. know now, yeah. what would you say? Commit fully. Like literally we were, we doubted it, right? Like you even, you know, that whole like angel meditation space. And I remember, I think it was about 2011, 2012. We, I remember specifically having a conversation, like we were in this just rubbish little apartment. It was in the mountains. It was drafty. It was near a ski hill. So that was cool. But like, we were like, is this really going to work? Like, I don't know. Like we were, we were getting some traffic. Things were starting to work. There were signs that could work, but we had that 10 grand a month vision. Like, man, is this ever really going to work? And we had this moment there that was like, you know what, whether it does or not, this is something we're supposed to do. Like, this is what we're, I don't know, like it just felt right. This is what we're on earth to do. Mm. And at that moment was a commitment point. And it really seems like things started to shift from mm. there. And then when my wife committed shortly thereafter to doing another kind of 90 day challenge, doing like daily content, like I'm just going to do every day, I'm going to put out something helpful for my audience. The numbers just took off. Wow. And it's those, those levels of commitment. And I kind of dabbled with the Miles Beckler brand a uh, few times before 2016. Um, I dabbled in, in, um, blogging instead of videos, but I found that videos are my sweet spot. Yep. Um, so I might whisper in my ear also to, to try making a YouTube video um, about five years earlier, uh, because I think that I tried to convince myself I had to blog because I saw my wife create so much success blogging, but I hate writing. Yeah, me too. But I still tried to force myself to blog. So I never did the work. I never did anything. What I did put out was rubbish. And then yeah. one day I was like, ah, I'm gonna try this video thing. And it's like, yeah. derpa, derpa, derpa. Like, oh, I'm good on this. <laughs> like, this is fun and easy for cool. me. Yes, like, other people look at video and they're like, that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. Great. You should write. That's right. And, and we'll do videos. So do yeah. what's in your DM. 
DNA is kind yeah. of the, the hidden lesson. Yes, in that. love it. Do you do show notes for your videos? Do you, do you like take your videos and then publish them on a blog or do you just leave them on YouTube? So I have a team that goes back and they transcribe them, copy, edit them, edit them, and then get them laid out on my blog, Got optimized it. for SEO. And that's completely hands-off. Uh, that's yeah. 97% hands-off for me at yep. this point. Yep. And then they go to a podcast feed too. I have a virtual assistant who rips the MP3. She puts it on a podcast so you can get the Miles Beckler in your earbuds if you want. Um, because different people have different ways of, like there's three different learning styles, right? Yeah, the yeah. listeners, the readers, and the viewers. Yeah. So let's, let's I call it the three pillar content strategy. Let's hit them all. Let's give them all what they want in the format they're seeking it. And you're not leeching or poaching your audience from one to the other. They're totally separate audiences. Yeah, 100%. And so when you do screen sharing stuff, which you do a lot on your YouTube videos, you just publish the audio of that as a podcast it doesn't bother you that the screen sharings those ones i don't actually my team there's we've got a in the center operating procedure it's if i'm showing what to do and it doesn't make sense don't publish that one but those make great how to step-by-step posts for my blog yeah awesome hey uh where can people uh, like uh, i'm asking this selfishly and also on behalf of my audience where can people get more of you where can people go i like this guy i like what you're saying i want to be around your energy i want to learn more from you how do people hire you or work with you or learn from you yeah, so I'm not for hire, um, but I am happy to teach everything I know for free. Uh, so just search Miles Beckler. I'm literally the only Miles Beckler in the world. So <laughs> if you're on YouTube, like just search Miles Beckler and I'm there. Um, I got a lot of videos. I try to organize them with playlists and then my blogs, milesbeckler.com. Um, if you're interested in getting on my email list, I email every single day. Wow. Uh, you'll find it. I got pop-ups and like you can't not find it. But yeah, just search Miles Beckler. I'm around. I'm not too much on social. I'm I'm much more on the search engines. So yeah. um, the blog and the YouTube and the podcast, you just search wow. for me. Awesome. Dude, uh, I could do this for days with you. I'm telling you, Here. I publicly admit this. I've got a total man crush on you and I love what you're doing. And I just want you to keep doing it because you're inspiring me. Cool. And I'm telling you, this is a conversation I needed to have right now when you talk about fully committing, because even at this stage in our business, we're like five and a half, six years old. There are there are bumps and there are rough roads as you grow. There are you know teams that you're building. There are new products that you're offering. There are new audiences you're trying to capture. And we still have doubts. I have doubts. You know, most days it's like, what the hell are you doing? You're an imposter. You're a fraud. Everyone's going to find you out. And um, you know, uh, this is a conversation I needed to have and, and a reminder to fully commit and fully engage in serving the audience. So thank you for the pep talk, man. I really appreciate it. Cheers. You'll be amazed at what happens at about year ten. That's when things get absolute like what we're seeing right now at years nine like something's happened at about year eight to nine and you'll be amazed as long as you stick with it and it gets mm. you start to feel like it's mundane but ultimately um you're doing a great service man you're, yeah. you're really helping people keep that in mind yeah awesome thank you miles this has been absolutely uh, wonderful and i look forward to keeping in touch there you go folks uh that is how you record an episode of the wp elevation podcast that is miles beckler check him out at milesbeckler.com and on youtube look forward to seeing you again on the podcast or on our live shows very soon until then I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Miles Beckler as much as I did. I literally could have spent days talking to that man about marketing geekery, as he calls it. Um, and in fact, I plan on doing that when I'm out in the States next. I'm definitely going to go and catch up with Miles and just hang out and and uh, and talk marketing stuff because he's got an incredible marketing brain and I love the way he teaches and communicates. Hey, if you enjoy the episode and you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe at iTunes. You'll find that at wpelevation.com slash iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us come up in the search results and get in front of a wider audience. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at 
wpelevation.com slash Facebook. We uh, live stream the episodes of this podcast and we also uh, live stream every Tuesday morning uh, at about 10 o'clock Sydney time uh, a show called Silence is Golden, which is with myself and my co-host Simon Kelly, where we hopefully entertain you and educate you about running your creative freelancing business. You can also follow us on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube at wpelevation.com slash YouTube. And if you are growing a WordPress consulting business, then you should seriously consider joining our Blueprint program and learning how to grow a successful WordPress consulting business. And if you are already a six-figure consultancy and you want to go to multiple six or seven figures, then you should seriously consider joining our mastermind program, The Mavericks Club. Just send an email to support at wpelevation.com with the word maverick in the subject line and we'll take it from there. I hope you're enjoying all the content we're putting out as much as we're enjoying making it for you. I look forward to your company again on the podcast or one of our live shows. Until then, I'm Troy Dean. Go Elevate. Go Elevate.